When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, here goes. Welcome to another edition of Played in Full, part of the Popcorn Fracker Network, part of the Touchline Media Group, and this is a place where men come to bed about the dreams that cinema killed. In not so many words. To the top right of the screen, we have Bromtown Representer, Occasional Irritant, Soundboard User, Soundboard User, that's right, that's, that's, that's fucking right! Let's chill go. Out, chill out. Don't go. Let's go. Me. Sorry. Nah. Um, my name is CJ Edwards. I'm a busy boy. Um, I have watched nothing this week. Um, so yeah, I do apologize if you don't hear me much this episode. I'm just here for the shits and gigs. Where have you been? Why have you been so busy? I've just been outside. I can't lie. Uh, signed up to Soho House. You no, know, we're getting money now. Um, and I'm under 27, unlike you lot, so it's well, cheap for me. Signing up to Soho House, how to do huh? being busy. Like, how long did that take you? Oh, it took me like, no, I had to write a long paragraph about myself. I had to be like, I'm an Instagram aficionado. Oh, sorry, and that, oh, like, oh, sorry. You, didn't, you didn't just get invited, fair enough. Yeah, no. Uh, no. Underneath him. Oh, he's caught me. Okay, cool. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, because it only, it only matters if you get invited. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I'm chewed. I'm, what kind? I'm busy, what kind of entrance is that? Why that's my swear? entrance. That's that's my entrance. Like that's. If I had to introduce myself today, it's fuck's sake. That's that's what it is. So that's what you're getting. I'm sorry, man. Do you want to expound on that? Or no, no, I'm good. I'm just. I'm basically. I'm working on something that I have to send by tonight. So. Bit halfway stressed because obviously we're late. We're recording later than usual, but we're all good, man. We're good, but it's a it's a big fuck sake there. I've been okay. working constantly since like four a.m. Four to six a.m. was my own. Actually, four to like nine a.m. was my own doing, and then everything else has just been thing after thing after thing. And yeah, man. Okay, well, so, we started off with CJ who has watched nothing. Because it took him seven days to sign up to her house. Uh, <laughs> underneath, we've got Jude, who doesn't sleep, so he can write all day, including during the pod. Ross, <laughs> what you got for us? I've had better weeks. <laughs> Fucking hell, what's going on? Listen, I know I'm starting low energy. I know I'm starting low energy, but what is going on? said depression fracas. He has a reason. Yeah. In my defence, this is true. I'm still not over last week. I'm still having nightmares about drawing short straws and kind of just the colour red. And you made me watch The Idol, which 
Well, yeah, I started let's start, let, immediately. Let's, 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 give, let's give the full context in case, you know, this is some people's first time listening. Maybe they missed last week. Um, so, yeah, if you missed last week's episode, for the first time in this series, we decided to play Draw the Short Straw, in which <laughs> some unfortunate bastard had to watch The Idol in this case. But I guess if we do it going forward, just an awful film or TV show that's out that week. And obviously, by the tone of my voice and my entrance, I think it's a bit of a giveaway that I lost that game. Um, and I had to watch The Idol. All week. Well, should, we, should we get straight into it? Should we get straight into it? What did you I'd rather get into it just so days? I can forget about it immediately. What did you I mean, learn over the last seven days? I've realised that the weekend, because I can't remember his real name, because he's never going to use it Able, again. Able Test Fire? He's not going to use it again. He's going to go back to being the weekend because his acting career is dead. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> like, first of all, it's just fucking awful watching a man who can't act, like, just on a HBO show, you know? And you kind of think, wow, that's really, that's a dead brand. That's a dying brand. It's just, <laughs> it was just awful. Like, so I'll try and give the context for the show, which mm-hmm. is about. Uh, a female pop star, this time played by Lily Rose Depp, uh, called Jocelyn. And basically, she's kind of at a weird point in her career. It feels like she's kind of going off the rails a bit. And everyone's a bit worried about her. And then... Can I ask, she can goes, I ask before you get too into it, is Lily Rose good? She's all right. She's pretty good. Like, she's yeah. doing as much as she can. And she's actually kind of thinking, you think, okay, great. She's... She's giving a good performance. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with what she's doing. I think it's just everything else around it. And it's going to be interesting because that is set up. So like, so initially when this kind of series was created, it was Amy Smet, I think her name is. I don't know how to pronounce her surname. But she was set up and she kind of wrote the show. And then she directed, I think, about 80% of the show. Or had written at least 80% of it. And then... Sam Levinson, and specifically The Weekend, The Weekend kind of said, I don't like the direction this show's going in, and reported in Rolling Stone long ago that he didn't like the fact that it was too feminine. It was too much of a feminine perspective, which is weird for a TV show about a female pop star, because that definitely needs a masculine viewpoint, I suppose. So they kicked her out and then brought in Sam Levinson, and they completely rewrote the script. And you can tell they completely rewrote the script because it's just what I imagine is the weekend's fantasies of what he would just like to do to women. And it's it's just him playing just kind of that role. It's kind of scary that that was the the premise of the show, like about being a young female star in the music industry, being led slash mentored by older men. And they thought, but you it's know co- what we need to do. Let's get it's rid kind of, of women. Yeah. Like, and it's the weird thing is, is like, I think the second episode is probably the best episode because it's also the one where you kind of think there is actually something kind of semi interesting going on. And that kind of whole episode kind of begins like the first half an hour of it is she's going through and she's doing like a music video kind of performance, but she's struggling and it's everyone basically sort of kind of like sort of berating her, putting loads of pressure on and it's purely from her kind of perspective and you kind of see her break down a bit and you think, okay, this is a really interesting show if you're looking at power dynamics in the industry and, you know, manipulating the artist and kind of just basically using and abusing them. But then the weekend kind of comes in as Ted Ross, a rat tail wearing pimp 
and cult leader. <laughs> and he's just a fucking cunt. Like, I just well, hate isn't that, isn't like, that, he's so yeah. bad. Isn't, isn't that the point, though? But it's like, if he's meant to be a cunt... But it, it, yeah, yeah, but like, the, I guess there's the point of, like, yeah, he's meant to be an arsehole, but yeah. he's also meant to give a performance that isn't just like, oh, you're looking at my girl... I'm going to fucking hit you. And it's like, that's literally it. So you're meant to have this character who's meant to be this pimp and is meant to be sort of kind of like, I guess, overbearing and kind of sinister. And it's the weekend doing that clip. Like, you're looking at my girl. I'm going I'm to curb stomp you. Yeah. And it's just like, no one's intimidated by this guy. Like, it's just ridiculous. And bearing in mind that he wrote the script it is just kind of a weird sort of kind of like soft porn fantasy that he's kind of written. And so it, as soon as he kind of shows up, the show's just dead. Is dead that, is that um, the, the, the screenshot I've seen on the laptop? Is that real? No, no. But like, okay. it might as well be. Like, it literally... I thought it was real, like I can't that. lie. I, I, no, no, but, no. Listen, the only thing that I know is good from this series is that tune uh, that is made with Madonna and Playboy Carty. Yeah, but then that's also, the, that's that also kind of funny. crazy. Because the whole series is essentially just like a vanity project, I think, for him. Because it's all soundtracked by kind of him and whoever else. And it's just, it's weird because you kind of get good moments of his music against his really awful acting. And it, I watched the last episode today because, yeah, it's basically gross. It's basically kind of Sam Levinson weekend have come in, completely taking the female perspective out of it. It's just basically now just men abusing women. There's like there's a point where she's kind of saying that her mother used to abuse her as a child with like with a hairbrush, and he's just like, "Oh, we're gonna get through the pain to make something beautiful." And he starts beating the shit out of her with that and like spanking her with it and stuff. And it's like this is just awful. It's just gross. And today was the final episode. And if I'm allowed to do spoilers, are we happy that I just ruined the show that no one wants? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Spoiler alert. Wrong one, wrong one, wrong one. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't get the siren. I mean, that's our temporary uh, spoiler alert. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the last episode happened today. And basically, the whole twist of the series is that Jocelyn knew the whole time what Tedris wanted to do. And she was actually playing him. And Sam Levinson came out in an interview and said, it's crazy because actually he's the victim. And wow. I just shut my laptop off and was just like, fuck this. Like, what are you so, talking about? It doesn't make any be, sense. Is there going to be season two? Is that, is, how, that I, don't, sounds, I don't know how you could do a season that sounds two. A bit, that sounds a bit victim blamey. <laughs> the yeah, whole, yeah, point, yeah. Yeah. The whole point of the show is almost to the point of like, they they want her to kind of say like, or they want kind of her character to be this kind of strong woman who's, oh, she's manipulated the system. So she's putting on an act because she actually wanted him and his influence to kind of further her career. But it doesn't make any sense because he's a fucking bum. Like he's a criminal. Yeah, she, she and totally like wanted it, bro. That's the yeah, And it's just weird. Yeah. And like literally, and also like in that interview, like, first of all, it also doesn't make any sense. It's like a plot hole. Like, there's, it, like it's too short a series to make any sense, like to have that twist. Um, it ends with her bringing him out on stage for a concert, which by the way, she's in this creative funk. She then creates three songs with him which she then kind of said that oh, he was my muse for. And then he's like, I don't fucking need him. He's a waste of space. And then she does a, uh, like a sellout arena tour six weeks later. 
So just from that perspective, everything is just so dumb about it. And then she brings him out in that arena tour and it's like, this is the love of my life. Then they like start making out on stage. Um, and then it ends. And then it ends. <sighs> and then it ends. And so it makes no sense. It's fucking stupid. I don't know how you do a series two because the whole point of the season was that he was an abuser, but actually he's not an abuser because she knew that he wanted to manipulate her, but she was manipulating him into abusing her because she thought that would better her career. And then she was like, ah, I'm clever. And he's a victim, according to Sam Levinson. There's only one way they can rescue this show, yeah? Sam Levinson, if you're listening. Put it in the bin. Yeah. No. no, season two, yeah, he gets a bit paranoid. It turns into a bit of a thriller. He feels like he's being followed. He's being watched, yeah. And in season three, they go on, they go full horror, yeah. And she murders him in his sleep. No, 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 no. Season two, but no, but like because she's they, they in love with him. Because like, he's he's the whipping boy now. He's the victim apparently. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. So she has to done off. They, nah, they're going they're to the multiverse. Reclaim that's the to re- to she... reclaim her power. No, but it, you know, the whole point is she has the power. So we may, he'll have to kill her now to make just sure that he's... Just because she sold out Wembley point. Arena three times, yeah? Yeah, fuck it. Doesn't mean you she made me watch a shit show from Livid. I spent six hours nearly of my time watching that. Well, Ross... I could have been watching feel any better. anything else. The Guardian said The Idol is one of the worst programmes ever made. Of course, it's one of the worst programs ever made because it makes a fucking sense. And, it's and British GQ said the big finale made no sense. Yeah, of course, it didn't make is, sense. Is there what would you what would you have to say to somebody who watched this show and thought it was good? Because I know someone who does. Thought, thought I actually know two people. Checked. I actually know two people. One of them being one of the ones CJ knows. Yeah, get I'm, your head checked. Or just watch half any other decent program and know that actually this is dog shit. Do Sam Levinson and Abel Testify, professionally known as The Weekend, need their hard drives checked? Yeah. Yeah. Because cool. Sam Levinson's also come under a lot of criticism when he's done Euphoria and stuff, hasn't he? Because he's also, there was a whole thing like in, was it the second series, that he hired an actress to kind of portray someone because he'd watched, because uh, she was a porn star and he was watching porn parodies of Euphoria and he was like, oh, I want her in my show. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. So like, he's a We got him. Sam Levinson, anyway. the police are on their way. We got him. But then actually, um, talking about The weekend, he's kind of, he's actually just been attached to star in... Um, there was a movie that came out, I think it was last year, the year before, called Waves. I've not seen it, um, but it's meant to be really good. Jude, you're on mute, I think. You're on mute, brother. Jude, Jude you. <laughs> While Jude is figuring out his mute button, the weekend but, uh, also. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah, I'm um, here. Sorry, he's a, I was he's a part of the, um He's a part of the Academy now as well. Yeah, yeah I saw that. He, that's because he got nominated for original song back in the day. Can't remember what film, but like he's kind of actually been nominated, and he's probably in it more for like the musical and song and scoring side of things. I thought, which is fair enough. I've got no problem with that. That's what I thought. I just don't I want, thought want him to be. act or write ever again, unless it's. I a thought song. it was going to be because he's mates with Sam Levinson, whose dad is really powerful and famous. Barry Levinson. You know what? The one thing I wanted to say about the the writing is I find it so surprising, but. In the same breath, I actually don't. Because there's storytelling in so many different forms. And I feel like The Weeknd is one of those singers and artists that a lot of people took to his earlier music 
music that he definitely wrote by himself. And yeah, he, he actually essentially... didn't, he didn't write his early music by himself. What? Like, I swear. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I didn't entirely know that, but you know what I mean? Like artists with their music, normally it carries a, a story and a sentiment that makes you tune into them. Like say for, for instance, I'd expect a Beyonce maybe to make a, make a good film. I'd, or yeah. film or TV she has? show, I'd expect um, Lady Gaga. Are you, you like going to say gold member, CJ? I was going to say obsessed. I liked obsessed with. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't, I haven't seen yeah, it. Neither have I. But yeah, oh, no, so no, that's yeah. why. So that's why Jay Z and Idris are buddy buddy. Obsessed is obsessed is like it's like a it's like a casual like you watch it on like a Tuesday night and it's fine. Like it's not rememberable. It's not like memorable. But it's I not mean that bad. that directly conflicts kind of what you just said. You said it was good. No, it's it's good. It's good. It's like five or is it good? It's like a six out of ten. And it's worth Bentley. Yeah, when he's talking to RJ P thousand, is it fine or good, sir? It's neither one nor the other. It's halfway on its way to bad. That's what it sounds like. It's good. There's a conversation that could be had. There's a conversation that could be had. Sorry, go on, Scully. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say up. there's a conversation that could be had on Idris Elba's filmography, but we won't do it. Okay, today. and his music no, career, not today, not today. We um, let's, <laughs> let's keep moving. No, what were you gonna say, dude? I, I was just gonna say, I feel like, oh, mate, my mind's just gone blank. Never mind, let's let's continue because, yeah, I the think, idol, I think... actually, you know, I know what I was gonna say. I feel like with a six out of ten, you can watch and enjoy a six out of ten. There's so many different different types of films that I would say is a, is a six out of ten, but they normally have a cause to them. Like you know, when you're watching like a, I don't know, like um, The Meg, for example, um, uh, The Meg type of film is like for me definitely going to be like a six, probably a six point five. But I'll watch it simply for the entertainment of a shark getting eaten, or a shark eating people rather than the shark getting eaten. But like um, <laughs> The Idol. But what is what is there, except for it being a meme, and except for like the gross reactions, what is the attraction to that? I don't but get. The funny thing it's is, it's it's not like last week when Scully, you were joking about the room. Like the room yeah, is yeah, yeah, cult classic. Honestly, the worst movie I've ever seen. But that's the charm to it. Like it's it's mm. fun. Like you enjoy it because it's awful. Like this was awful, but to the point where like you're sat rolling your eyes and actually like kind of just fucking angry that I've got to watch this. And it's I just, hate watching and it to the end. And I think it's also, I think perhaps I'm probably more angry at the fact that there is, there are moments within the story that apparently haven't, like everything that Amy Simmons had done before she left was apparently scrapped. But I think there's probably elements to what she did that are still in this. And specifically in like that second episode with Lily Rose Depp kind of having a breakdown and slowly kind of losing her sanity a bit during this video shoot. Stuff like that is actually really interesting. It's then just sort of immediately followed up with the weekend wanking in the changing room. And it's like, how can you, like, it's so polar opposite. And I think the worst thing about it is the fact that it's, that is so noticeable Like when he walks in on, on, on screen is you might have a good moment and then he appears and it's the worst scene you've ever watched. Um, that that sounds so act. childish. How yeah, do you know what? One thing I will say is 
that is an accurate reflection of certain elements of show business, especially in the past, where you'll have, you know, a person could be a woman going through a particularly torrid time and on the verge of having a mental breakdown. And then there's sicko executive somewhere in the changing room having a wank. But the, the point is, but the thing is, just like everyone around her, like you, you kind of get like this shitty sort of satire, like that's really on the nose and not at all subtle. Up and like, oh yeah, it's fine. She's gonna be alright. Don't cancel the tour. Get her to do this. Get her to do that. And like you know, you've got like Hank Azaria, you've got um, Eli Roth, horror director, kind of appears as kind of like another one of her managers and stuff. And so you've got some of that, and like that's really below average, but it's fine. Like you know, that's harmless. <laughs> But then like, it's just the weekend. And I think it's the fact that it's written by him, I guess, for him. And he had criticism of the fact that before it was too feminine and too much of a fem- like, you know, there's too much focus on her. There's not enough on me. And that's why he <laughs> had that big falling out with Rolling Stone. And that mm-hmm. whole that line's not even in the show because they cut that because they probably realized actually everyone fucking hates this show. We don't want to just bring that back up. So they cut that pretty quickly. And, um, you know, maybe with someone else doing the writing and Jude your point was quite interesting actually because yeah I think that there are artists who can you know shift between I guess kind of format so like he's musician and even if he's like writing his own stuff and not writing his own stuff I don't think that necessarily translates just because he can make great songs and people can enjoy his songwriting and the stories he's telling musically does not mean that he knows how to write dialogue and a script and, you know, and it's the same thing with like authors, you know, some people can write a really good book, like uh, Gillian Flynn with Gone Girl, great book. She helped with the screenplay, I think, for, for kind of the Gone Girl, and that was good. But then she remade Utopia for Amazon, and it was rubbish. So, you know, it's not a guarantee that you can shift between kind of format and mode effectively, and he's just not done it. And so with this, you know, director who did Waves, maybe with someone else's sort of kind of writing and perhaps someone else who's kind of being a bit more forceful directing him maybe he can do something that's half decent but from this i'd say no but also could i if i could just add to that one last point about the writing and the transition of it i think it's also very interesting to see how these actors all these people in any like artistic position how they go about that transition so for instance um a bit of a tangent but Kano, for example, with Top Boy, like, I remember reading an interview where he was basically saying with Top Boy, he made sure that when he was starting to act and when he got asked to do these things, he was studying the art of acting. He was ensuring that he was putting in extra hours and the amount of work that it took in order to make that character that much better. I just wonder how much advice, how many yes men were around the weekend and did he do any sort of storytelling studying at all because yeah even myself like 10 years plus into writing i find it hard writing dialogue i haven't even finished entire scripts yet it's yeah it's artist work and i don't think people in that position are really gonna try like that so it felt it felt like a whole it felt like a show that has been put through all of the press it has because of like the nepotism of the weekend, which is, is so weird, especially for a HBO. 
Well, I was yeah. gonna say, I was gonna say before that, I think a large point part of him getting this role and people at HBO like okay in it and it going so far and him even having sway and swing and the director and who's cut and whatnot is probably testament to the fact that I will say with his projects and the work that he did prior, he managed to get a reputation for crafting worlds like through soundscapes and like the marketing the aesthetics of all the albums all of this like there's a concurrent storyline from like i think this first or second album up until now like if you go on reddit you'll find threads of people piecing together bits from music videos and all of this to show that you know like the whole last decade of weekend albums is a film in itself yeah and that's cool but like he might have been able to do that on a musical journey and we don't know what assistance he might have had from his team in that and the leap from making the music to completely just crafting a narrative through like film he he clearly has a master in it but you're right you're right ross maybe some other director giving him more support and him having less leeway will will help him i think he's the type of person who won't quit until he gets one banger like I think it's also like he's too famous to like have a dud and then move on. Like they'll he'll get roles, he'll get opportunities, and like that's just yeah. how it kind of goes. Like, and, and as you say, like he's he does his other work is is great. You know, is really good. Mm-hmm. It's just this is kind of so misjudged and and but also you know if you're HBO, it's the weekend. So obviously you think that's going to be a sure hit already, or at least that's going to bring people in. And Sam Levinson's mm-hmm. obviously as controversial as it can be, but Euphoria's been a big hit. So it put two and two together. You think it would be great, but I mean, I, I know, really I think, hated it. But. I think it looks so bad that he better not try again. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't see, but I don't, I don't see. He would have to do so much, and fair, fair enough. Like, because bro, like, like you guys have been saying, he's an incredible artist. He's one of those artists that personally. I wasn't on the wave, but even as his music was coming out, I was like, wow, this is like top-notch artistry. Like, I have to respect it. But yeah, I think his gap of, of skill when it comes to acting is it's like no one is normally afforded that grace. The only grace that he has is the fact that he's done other things before, but even that would be wrong. I feel like it's I think wrong. I think it's just one swing, though. I think he's going to get continual opportunities. I don't you think he like can have one miss and then things. Yeah, of course. I don't know. He's, he's one of the most successful artists existing right yeah. now. You're not going right. to yeah. get one shot. They're going to give him repeat, repeated they need opportunities. You'll, you'll have people within Hollywood who just enable it anyway and just say, oh, actually, just other people didn't like it. You know, that's just critics being critics. They don't like anything, you know, so here's a new opportunity. And as I said, like, I think, you know, if he, I think he's probably better suited to getting some <laughs> acting lessons and getting someone who will properly direct him. And then maybe he can throw in a good performance here and there. I would say he really shouldn't write anything unless it's kind of, from his own perspective, because as I said, like him and Sam Levinson trying to write for a female character has just clearly not worked in this instance. I don't watch Euphoria, never seen it, so I don't know how the writing is there. But normally what I kind of hear in feedback is performances are really good. Writing tends to be pretty shoddy on Euphoria. So maybe that's also just a problem with Sam Levinson as well. And also the only problem with this is it's written by those two. So you don't actually really know who's had the most input. 
but fuck it. Didn't like it. Not watching Both it. Both of them. Do you know what this sounds like? Yeah, this sounds like a coke fueled exorcism. Exorcism. Not even an exorcism, rather. I mean, they definitely exercise some demons, but an exercise into their narcissism. Like, it just seems like they got together. They're rich. They have a lot of money. Allegedly, they do drugs. Can't say I've ever seen them. You know, I can't say if it's fact or not. But allegedly, you know, if you've ever listened to their music, to the weekend's music, they might or may not do cocaine. Maybe they took like eight grams one night and said, yo, let's fucking write a TV show. We can fucking do this. Let's fucking do it, bro. Let's fucking do it. And then well, they let's take a, take a script, script from a female writer and then change it. Yeah. So it's and, they, not and, they, and they edited it completely overnight, right. and then they submitted it. I can't believe that the one. The crew had already yeah. been hired. The crew had already been hired. They'd already started shooting. What are you going to do? Pull the project? No way. You're going to say, all right, all finish right. it. Let's just see what you got. They really took took yeah. this lady's idea and said, hey, guys, let's add misogyny, misogyny but let's make it Key Stage 2. And <laughs> let's just push it out there and just, yeah, we'll rile, we'll rile a lot of people up. I could see the yeah. idea and potential in the opposite side of things. And as you were describing that, Ross, you know what I thought of? I thought of Tar. Like, yeah. there's so many angles in which you can actually come at stories like this at. But yeah, they just chose the laziest, overcooked, overdone one. Like, the whole... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this guy here is an untouchable superstar thing. has been done to hell and back. We, like, we can sit here and list so many films and TV shows which has this type of character and it's like they they clearly haven't added anything new like what new insights do you get into this type of character what makes it different and yeah man it's it's such a big miss that I'll never I've got a proper thank you for breaking that down to us because I was never going to watch that all my life so man yeah respect all I would say is like it's always one of those things because it's. I'm always sort of like one of those people who says you should try and watch something. Like you know, don't just go by what's there. Actually, try and get into it because you know, as you say, some people you know really like it or at least like it. So there'll always be that kind of difference in opinion, and you should always try and judge things yourself. But as I say, for me, it was just a slog, and like it was just nasty, really, and then just fucking stupid by the end. Um, but if you're ever morbidly curious. And you just want to watch, like, because as I say, there's some bits in there where you think this is almost okay. It's never great, but like, it's like, and it's never good, but you kind of think this could just be a really mid kind of TV show. And then, as I say, he just shows up and then it's like, well, that's put an end to that. Well, I will not be watching that. Cheers for your help, Ross. On to the next. By the way, does that mean I'm excluded from the next short straw game? I think no, it does, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I you have, have to be. be. Like every... you no. Definitely not. No. Maybe. No, 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 no. No, maybe no. the last person who failed, yeah. Maybe it could be like a thing of, okay. I get to pick. You... I get to pick no. what it is. No, no. Even... Yes, you probably get to pick what it is. But what I was going to say, it should be done in a way where like, if you get picked again, maybe you can have a reroll. At least because you did it last time. No, just one reroll. No, all I'm saying is credit card. I think I think I I think if you you don't. I think if I think if you get I think if you get two in a row, then we switch it. 
Like, no, 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 Two yeah. L's is fine. Three L's is too much. Yeah, three L's might drive him somewhere that he don't need that. We don't want <laughs> a dark to place. Trust me. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Now three in a row <laughs> would be. Yeah, that is watchy. Three watchy in a row side. is how you end up writing something like the idol. Cool. <laughs> uh, and what's next, boys? I'm gonna curb stomp you. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, bro, this if afternoon... man said that to me, if man said that to me, I don't care if you're acting. I would just say, no, bro, like, this you, This is not good. This is not convincing. You need to redo that <laughs> Even line Even the again. guy in the scene's the guy, doing that. Bro, He's just like, I'm not doing anything. I don't know what you're saying. Bro, and it's just like, no one's intimidated like by the guy. It, looked, it was killing me. He was just like, oh, oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, the weekend's funny for that, bro. Look at my girl. Ooh, I'm going <laughs> to kick you in the face. <laughs> so, 32 minutes in. Yo! Of the oh. one hour and 15 minute part that Jude wanted to have. Um, what's next? From, you know, bottom tier know. writing to just above bottom tier writing uh, this afternoon. We're going to see Indiana Jones <laughs> and That's the hilarious. Dial of Destiny. Hey, That's yo! Harsh. That's Indiana, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Dial of Duty. Nah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, no, wow. I'm chatting. I'm chatting. I'm chatting. I enjoyed I it. Mean... I said that's the first thing I said when I left the screen. I said like I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. But it I was a film. Much. It was a film. It was a man film. said it was a film. Listen, when <laughs> when did the first Indiana Jones come out? 1981. 1981. It's 2023. Do you know what I would do if I had to? Yep. We don't. We don't <laughs> need. We didn't need a film it. forty years need after. It. Didn't if need I it. had the Dial of Destiny, I would go back to 1981. I say, listen, just do three and park it. All <laughs> right, yo, that is 42 <laughs> years ago, isn't it? 42, bro. I deeped yeah. it, bro. Like, so hold on, you see my man's face in it? Yeah, is it it's CGI'd hard, up? It's nasty, bro. It's nasty work. It's nasty. It looked work. nasty in the. In I the thought at trailer. one stage, yeah, when the, when the film started, at one stage, I thought that somebody was playing PS5. So what can I ask? What's better? Not even really PS Five. I'm not making a joke. I'm not actually making a joke. I'm being deadly serious here. Is the deep fake in Fast Seven better when when they used Paul Walker's face? Is that better? They're both. They're both shit. I would say. Yeah, no, but (laughs) think about the years. Paul Walker one was bad. I think think Paul Walker one was bad. Years that has been like that is like seven eight years ago now, in comparison to that that came out. I, I even said to Scully, this is like 10, 15 minutes in. I started to get a headache. I was like, bro, every time yeah, this guy blurry. comes on screen, it's mad blurry. Like, I, <laughs> I can tell it's fake, but literally, I've got I've got contact lenses in. My left eye, minus 1.75. My right eye, minus 2. I'm okay, so short fucking sighted. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to go watch this film because I'm going to wait till it comes out on streaming because I don't want to waste my money. So, it would look mad on streaming. I'm telling so you that. What I'm going to do now. is this. <laughs> That's our, spo- that's our spoiler alert. So, guys, <laughs> tell me about the film. It's- so, you're never going to watch this? No, I will watch it, but I'm not going to watch it like. I'm not going to watch it like. Religiously. Like spending money. Like, that's dead. <laughs> you're not going to. You're not going to. I'm going to. Listen, I'm going to be the one. I'm waiting until we get like 
like people invite us to your films, please. Because I'm not watching them. That if they is shit. funny. If they don't, yeah, but then the, not the problem them. is they'll stop inviting us because we call it shit. No, 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 no. They, they, they will invite us. Then we have to start lying. We have to, we, have, we, we lose our edge a bit. Do you what know are we what gonna mean? do? We gonna cook the books? We have to, yeah, we have to cook the books a bit. The brown paper bag thing, like Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> anyway, listen. If you want to offer us payola to pretend your your film is at least a seven out of ten, I'm not saying I'm gonna say no, innit? It's a cost of living crisis. Oh, listen, oh, oi. And then I what we can do is enough. we can set up a Patreon. We can set up a Patreon and that's yeah. where we can pay for our real opinions. All right, then. Michael Bay Transformers. <laughs> loved them. Loved every single one. Number two. What a find out, find out what we really thought at playthefool.com Patreon. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, now, nah, but uh, so can, so can you guys like walk me through the, the, the synopsis? So... It's literally the same as every fucking Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is lecturing, as he always does in every film. Yes. And then he's like, oh, you know what? I really miss when I used to punch Nazis in the face. I wish I could go back to that time when I used to punch Nazis in the face. And then somebody comes out of his life and says, wow, it's crazy that you're thinking about stopping punching Nazis in the face. Like, Can you imagine if we just had one more chance to, to do that? And then he's like, nah, I'm not in. And then he's back in, and then they chase his ancient artifact. And guess what? Indiana Jones punches Nazis in the face. So hold on. There's a. There's a. Oh, 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 wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. And there's also still a young ethnic kid because it's not Indiana Jones without a a spry young, potentially rule breaking, you know, undecided criminal. Immigrant child. I I, I can't lie. I know we're in this era. We're in this era, like of. No one, no one likes the home office. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll keep it hundred. No one likes the home office. However, the way that kid was moving, I it was like an hour into the film. I was like, bro, where's this kid's papers? Does he have a passport? Does he have like, I like ID? Like, how is he just crossing borders, borders, willy nilly? Like, no one's, no one's stopping him. Like, bruv. It, it, it was get it was getting me mad. He was too free, and I get but it. To be fair, like like Mum was saying, young spry kid, free spirit. He's tagging along in the adventure. He did put in work, to be fair. But so I don't get where I don't get where the I don't get where the film set. It's set in like the seventies, yeah, and you know okay. you could probably cross borders a little bit easier in the seventies. I think it's set in sixty nine, sixteen sixty nine. Think it was sixty nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you know. Also, question: When was Oh, this is gonna sound so bad. Allow me. I was kicked out of school. When was Vietnam again? Like the years of Vietnam, like eighties, weren't it? Nah, it was. It was earlier than that. It was. Yeah. I swear that was the seventies. That's why I assumed it was the seventies. It, 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 like, oh, it was like sixties, all the sixties, and then into the seventies. Oh, why it, did I think it was? Bro, yeah, no, it's bro, a while, it's a while. long time. So when yeah, it was a big old 55, 55 to seventy-five. Damn, that shit was dragging on. They should have got <laughs> their ass out of there. Yeah, no, they should have so... got their ass out of there. God bro, damn, two decades see, all of those films. All right, Peter, everyone, he lost their life, by the way. Yeah, no, for true. And the ones I was gonna say something mad. I was gonna say something mad, but I love it. Mute, mute, mute. I'm media trained. I'm media trained now. I'm now. This is media, us tickets to watch. A media <laughs> trade. A media trade. Now I'm sorry, oh, bro. I'm sorry. The one thing it? I wanted to to say on that point though is, like, obviously we're like British born or whatever, so we don't get this context. But now that I'm deep in that, 
all of the films and TV shows that make those references and even stories that I'm reading that make those references to the war, I just have to look at the timeline. Because if you're American, you're probably thinking, oh, war. And then you can scroll down all of the wars that have occurred since flipping World War One, and you can choose and you can fit and ascribe the date. Like, bruv, for us, we, we're none the wiser. So, yeah, that was definitely, his son definitely died in Vietnam then, right? 100%. But then, but then I was thinking on, like, that's, the that's, the, that's the subtext. That's the subtext. And also, it makes sense how everyone, like, in the last generation of America and its media, it's like, oh, my uncle, my dad fought in Vietnam. Like, it actually Bro, was. It makes... That's like that's like three, four generations. And it explains, oh. like, anti-war sentiments, the, the big swing to the left, all of that. Like mm-hmm. it, it does that context is important for when you interview. I'm so her. I'm so disappointed in myself. I really I really like history. In my mind, it's Vietnam is late sixties to like mid seventies. I forgot it goes all the way back to like the fifties. Yeah, same because I it's always right. associate it with obviously music being work generally for me. I associate things by music, and obviously mm-hmm. the large amount of anti-war music stuff like even the beach boys trying to like basically cool off all of this i i associate that with like 65 and Mm -hmm. the big hippie movement of the late 60s going into the mid 70s that's why i'm like okay cool these got pushed back against vietnam so in my head it was a 10-year war i always think like 65 to 75 yeah 55 to 75 that is long bro crazy how many people probably lost family even to add do you know what this reminded me of as well um, at moments, Gran Torino. I really enjoyed that film. Do you remember it, Clint Eastwood thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like obviously he was in Vietnam, and he's like an ex ex vet. Yeah, he's just living and he's sore and sour. But instead of his child dying in the war, like he basically died himself. His family died. He was just like a lone old man. And obviously, Indiana Jones is Indiana Jones, and I feel like they definitely could have explored that more, that context. But as CJ was saying, this is 2023. They are so far removed from that story and the, even the context of it that... Yeah. I think also... Oh, I think also Shia LaBeouf's not in this film, by the way. No, and that's I think that's film. more the point for it as well, mm-hmm. though, isn't it? The fact that Shia LaBeouf obviously had the um, domestic abuse claims and allegations from Zeph Keir Twigs and, you know, they had all kind of all that and I think they didn't want him back for it. Um, so I think that that was also the context used to manage to quietly and discreetly say, yeah, that character's not coming back. Yeah, I think it probably didn't help the nasty things that he got up to. No. Like, obviously, he was outed as an abuser by his ex-girlfriend, FK Twigs. And I think most huge studios are not going to be able to work with or not want to work with him again. I think, yeah, to Jude's point, I think the Vietnam context and plotline actually adds a layer to to the film. Like, I think it's important to know and to see that kind of like Indiana Jones is lonely and he misses people and he's had this entire life of adventuring, but free chasing adventuring and his dream. Like, it's weird because obviously in the last film, they give him a family and they make him complete, but they kind of, 
throw away that right and, and then which that film I didn't mind I kind of like the end of India now and now they've given this like oh he's this broken old man <laughs> like like you've kind yeah. of undone the ending to re-break him to try rebuild yeah. On the, um, yeah, I on really the- didn't like that <laughs> I really didn't like that investors like you have a problem today most portfolios only include stocks and bonds while it's currently performing it's a strategy that Goldman Sachs predicted in 2023 to underperform for the next decade. Luckily, our sponsor, Masterworks Advisors, focuses on a non-traditional alternative asset, helping over 15,000 investors diversify a portion of their overall portfolios with blue-chip post-war contemporary art. Over 60% of wealth managers surveyed by Deloitte have already integrated art into their wealth management offering. And by signing up at masterworks.com slash advisors with code free, you can talk to a registered investment advisor representative who deals exclusively with this alternative asset class. So schedule a free same-day advisory call with Masterworks Advisors just by going to masterworks.com slash advisors and using promo code free. That's masterworks.com slash advisors promo code free. This advertisement relates to the provision of advisory services by Masterworks Advisors LLC and is not intended to offer or solicit investment in any securities and is not investment advice. Masterworks Advisors is affiliated with Masterworks. Anyway, no, so um so back but, onto like back onto like franchises and that. So this is what yeah, it, the, the they didn't film? they didn't need to bring this back at all. Is They're this the fifth film, yeah? This is the fifth I film. I'm, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm curious more, uh, CJ, I know you haven't seen it, but Scully Jude, on the whole, did you like it or did you not like it? If you had I to didn't say. hate it. I, I'll say, I say I didn't hate it. It was a really enjoyable the film. Was, 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 there some, was there some nostalgia in the reason that you didn't hate it? Probably. Do you know what it is? Yeah. It was just good enough as a blockbuster. So, okay, let me, I have, I'll let Jude answer the question first and I'll break down my thoughts. Oh, cool. You know what? I, I'll i be honest. I've never been... Over my life, there's certain franchises that I've grown to rate less and I feel like Indiana Jones tops it. Even though I do think there are a few legendary films in like the set of films that they've made, I just feel like it's so outdated. It's like, it's like slapping a Western in the midst of the modern type of blockbusters. And even like the range of indie films that we get, like I'd rather bank on, I don't know, several mil invested film from the middle of nowhere that's got a story and a really good director than I would want another Indiana Jones film. And I feel like the other franchises held alongside it, they don't have that same type of disrespect. They're not as outmoded as this idea. And the first reason, it's going to sound very politically charged, but like, I just get very colonial, imperialistic vibes from Indiana Jones. If you get what I mean, like, even no, I haven't no done cap. the rewatch. No cap. Bro, <laughs> He's always trying to take you... artifacts and fucking give it to a museum. <laughs> Why you just leave I mean? it where they are? Like, you don't need to go and get it. Like, I even... feel like, bro, no, carry on, carry on. Because, bro, bro, this is exactly what film. I feel. When he, when he went diving to get the second half of the flipping architect, fucking whatever it's called, Archimedes. It belongs in the museum. Like, actually, actually, how about you fucking leave it in his tomb? How about that? It belongs in the British Museum. <laughs> how about, how about you Russell didn't Square. need to go and get it? Like, it's actually fine. Like, who oh, like, sent you? And that's what I started to deep. That's what I mean when I said it was like every other Indiana Jones, yeah? They 
he always goes out to get something that he doesn't need. And he's complaining in this film about like, oh, I've been tortured. People did really to me. Da, 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 da. How about you just fucking leave that shit where it is and that doesn't happen? <laughs> they don't try and feed you snakes. Like, you actually... Think, I and also, snakes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go okay. back home to squirrels and raccoons. Like, There's a couple just... things that piss me off. That what Jude just said, yeah. Second of all, I said five, ten minutes in to Jude, yeah. Indiana Jones is a bum. He's a bum. You've been, you've been rescuing artifacts for fucking 50 years as the most famous adventure in the world. You also have an archaeology degree. You flipping lectured at Oxford and Harvard and Yale for oh. tenured for five, six decades, and you live in the shittest apartment in, in the city, in the broke part of the oh. city, getting a fucking bus to work every day. You're a bum. Why don't you leverage any of your career at any stage? Getting bullied and by like, hippies as well. Bro. Can you imagine? No, and bro, and you know what? It's so funny, because, yeah, he, he's a bum, but after 12 minutes of convincing, 12 strong minutes of convincing, and someone who stepped in from his past after like 20 years, no questions, nothing. I you, said, by the way, he abandoned for 18 years. Bro, I, I said she's a pagan from when she stepped up on the screen. Like no one's going to come and sit in your classroom, answer all your questions without wanting something from you. Simple. Like she, she's also, done a lot, by the way. She should, she should be in jail. She's actually, she literally, jail. she's, she <laughs> should be in jail. She Indiana is a thief. Jones is a terrible father figure. He's a terrible father, full stop. Also, he's fucking fiscally irresponsible. He might just run away and not bro. see you for 18 years, even though he knows your parents are gone. He's a misogynist. <laughs> he's a misogynist. Bro, you couldn't he... even. Oh, if bro, maybe he, your he someone his... got, maybe if someone get packed, yeah, if he was about, if he was in the house, yeah. Thank you. That's why that's why your son's up in the anyway. Man scaling mountains in fucking north north Greece instead of fucking looking after his family. He let his wife, oh, all these moths flying into my room. He let his wife deal with the trauma of the loss of his son just by that, himself. Yeah, that was an awful herself. reason for why and they like, divorced, by the way. What, bro, yeah, they, by they the way, the reason why they divorced, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, me and my wife had to divorce because we lost our son to the war and I couldn't be emotional, emotionally vulnerable enough to help her through her grief. That's <laughs> literally what he said. That's what he wanted us to feel sorry for. Like, what the fuck, bro? Like, talk to your wife. <laughs> Man, man said, uh, <laughs> uh, a man said they, they got divorced because of cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh. his, his son basically went to war because he couldn't he couldn't emotionally connect to his dad. Everything about it, you're you're, you're nah, you financially know I, I, bankrupt, you're emotionally bankrupt. I send me right, I send me right, I send me right in for them kids. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, fuck Indiana Jones. Also, this one was the most Fast and Furious of them all. Yeah. Like just from well, the, duh, see, look at look at the budget. Now, right, you see deep fake. You see deep fake Indiana Jones. Yeah. Now it's not even about the budget. Yeah. When you see deep fake Indiana Jones, the work he was masses mashing. CJ just got me so mad. Like literally yeah, twelve minutes in. Again, I turned to Jude. I was like, he's like fucking someone oh. from a Tom Clancy game. Like he's Bro, he's literally he one man up with Shaw. Like taking out an entire train full of Nazis. Bro, I don't think James Bond. The whole premise, James Bond the whole could do that. premise of Indiana Jones. I like that funny. intro, though. Man, take oh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it was cold. It was a cold blockbuster. But but when did he become James Bond? Like you're saying, dude. Like when did he become that? Listen, guy? listen. You know, Indiana Jones takes out people with a whip. 
That's all. That, that's all. He's, been, that's yeah. he's basically no, been James Bond since the very first film. Nah, he's he took out. He used to take out one or two people like at a time. Mm-hmm. Fist fights, like did it, punch ups, did it. Ross, he was dopey, but like he literally James the guy on a motorbike and threw him for a tree. Yeah, then he Bro. got onto the train and he took out entire carriages of the Nazis. Bro. Nah, nothing. He was running on the what, top of a nothing train but like it was a treadmill, bro. He, yeah, literally. But, but this is because one of the criticisms I, I was reading today about it was someone said that actually, like, they said one of the things they liked about the old Indiana Jones is that his character's doing stuff. He's got lots of agency. He's lots of activity. Like, he's active. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, he, that loads of, he, you know, all the Nazis get wiped out basically on that train. But it's because, like, the turret gets fucked up because of the bomb yeah. that's overhead. He's no, just running through help. a train. He's like that punching a few people here but and there. The way, He's not really the way doing he much. Dodges the fair. bullets, nah. The way he dodges and and that motorcycle chase when he goes from the car, when he goes Bro. from the car to the two motorcycles, bro. He's bro. doing so much. He like you, you know. He, I forgot. I forgot the actual like stat or comparison. I'm I'm not great with the science, but the speed in which he was moving to dodge all of those bullets as well. You basically have to be <laughs> near the speed of light. To continuously dodge all of the trajectory of bullets, and you've just got a hat, no body armor, no other gadgets, just a whip and a hat. Bro, a I can't like, it, people, this, bro. Is what, this is what I hate about films. I just need to be real. Like, bro, you are not stopping five men with a with guns, bro. Like, people no, bro. were live, people were live shooting at him, yeah, CJ, and he would duck, and like the bullet just would hit him, and I was just like, bloody hell. You know what? what I want to ask though. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, Scully, but. Because I was thinking, like, halfway through, yeah, as you were saying, like, blockbuster, it was enjoyable moments. Like, I was sucked in from that standpoint. So, I was there for the film, I can't lie. But I was thinking, it's sad because this is definitely going to be the last one. And I feel like Mm -hmm. there was so many more ways that they could have played this. I'm not entirely certain, but I know that there are some, like, Indiana Jones comics, for example, and stuff, right? They did, like, there's... There's like, like lots of like young Indiana Jones like series yeah. as well. I think with like TV movies and stuff Bro, like that as well. You know what his best option, what the best option with this would have probably been? To try and throw him in something like an MCU, bro. It sounds stupid, but Killmonger was his, would have been his fucking enemy. His best enemy. <laughs> like, I like Killmonger. And Killmonger I, would be his ultimate enemy. You know what? Jude said in this episode that he's writing scripts. I can see why he hasn't finished them. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, it was it was actually an enjoyable watch, man. Like It was, it was. Yeah, Despite it was, all those criticisms, it was. You know. There are moments of it, like, when you ignore all of that subtext, when you ignore, like them introducing a family and him having his perfect ending and then throwing away the ending only to try and somehow give him the perfect ending at the end of this film. When you throw that all away, it's an enjoyable blockbuster film. Like, it's a good action film to watch in cinema. I think, coming out from that, actually, I do think that this is probably the best they could have done to finish, kind of, I guess, if you were going to make another Indiana Jones movie. This is probably the best thing that they could have done. Because, you know, I think you'd have to do something, obviously, within his personal life to for, to give him an impetus to go out and re-explore. And obviously, that's why that kind of whole intro sequence with Toby Jones is obviously important, because he's one of the key figures that's forcing him to now kind of go out on the adventure. Because Phoebe Waller-Bridge is Toby Jones's daughter in this. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, like, I went in kind of with low expectations. And I guess maybe it's like The Flash. I went in with kind of like expecting diminished returns, but actually kind of coming out pleasantly surprised. I thought it was 
fairly entertaining. I, th- I really like the intro sequence. The fake, deep fake and the like AI is obviously a problem. I think that's still true. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we can come on to kind of other examples where it's good and bad kind of in other films. But there was obviously a problem there um, or kind of can be a problem there. But I thought that, you know, it moves on quite nicely. I think it did kind of have some of the spirit of old Indiana Jones. And then it kind of goes along quite nicely, you know. And I do think that there's some kind of decent story within there about his kind of like, you know, aging and kind of regret of the past. That was the of, best part. And time. You know, the whole thing's about time. Mm-hmm. The, the um, I can't remember what the thing's called, but the Dial of Destiny itself is obviously about reversing time and trying to go back and fix mistakes. And, you know, a lot of that in that kind of theme kind of reoccurring and coming up time and time again, I thought it was actually quite nice. And I thought maybe actually one of the things that I didn't really agree with some of the criticism was the fact that, oh, Indiana Jones is miserable now. He's not doing enough. And I thought, well, actually, that's the point. He's an old man. He doesn't want to be doing this. He's now kind of been going into, I guess, out of regret and guilt of not helping um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character Mm -hmm. kind of grow up and looking after our dad and grief he doesn't deal well with grief exactly and so i think all of that is quite nice and i think there's a lot of kind of weight to that i think him and phoebe waller bridge get on really well i think there's good interplay there um i think the problem is is it's not spielberg james mangold i think is good director and i think he does an okay job here i just think it's obviously if you compare it to the old indiana jones films and Jude, I think to your point, you know, I've rewatched the whole series. Some of them were quite hard to kind of watch, like go back and watch, or you can tell that they're dated and they're from that era. But yeah. like Raiders is still like a perfect film, I think. Temple of Doom is very dodgy, but Spielberg right. has a good handle on the action. And, you know, and I think that's the problem here is that even like Crystal Skull, Crystal Skull is ass. But like it was still enjoyable to the point because of Spielberg's direction, he knows how to frame kind of certain sequences, especially with the action and kind of with the blocking of the characters. Right. Can I just say the Temple of Doom? So it starts so racially charged, like with just the, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's impossible Chinese to look back at that film now and be like, this is kind of even remotely kind of acceptable. Yeah, Nazism and racism <laughs> and little kids just being. I'm telling you, bro. I've just, I've just realized, I've just realized that they gave him the Nazis as a prop to try and make him seem less. They did. It's actually an analogy for the actual real Western world. Like they use the Nazis as a way to be like, "Hey, look, we're not racist. They're really racist." Yeah, like that's that's the entire point of the Nazis in the film. Yeah, like, hey, true. which racism would you prefer, bro? They were itching to call that that um black CIA woman the N word. You know, they were oh, itching. They, like, if this was that a Tarantino has, that thing, to that modern Nazi, right. by the way, because that modern Nazi he plays, I forgot his Boyd name, the smaller one. Yeah, he's, Boyd he's, yeah, he plays a white supremacist in so many shows and films. I swear, like, I feel like he's on a run. I need to find out his story. Like, what? <laughs> what is his origin story? Like, where did this begin? Did he just see it one day and say, "Yeah, that's what I want to do"? Like, like Ross with Action Man and and My Man, Indiana Jones, Bruh. or was he just Bruh. like raw? It reminds me of like that SNL sketch where like they're doing um they're casting for Twelve Years a Slave, and then there's there's a white guy who comes in and he does this monologue, and they're like, "That's incredible!" Like, you know, like, did you write that yourself? He's like. What are you talking about? What am I here for? What is this? I'm <laughs> yeah. just the cleaning guy. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, right. 
And I think that's oh. just it. He just turns up on suit, like shoots, and he's just like, they're like, this guy's so good. And he's just, <laughs> just racist. He's just a racist guy. He just wanders on the set. And they're like, just yeah. point the Hiram, and shoot. He makes it seem. He makes the character come to life. That was oh, the like, like, of my man from. I don't know why I just thought this, but remember Daryl's brother from The Walking Dead. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Is a hundred out of ten racist. Like, yeah, he seems if, super racist, bro. He should just play every racist character. character. I forgot his name. He was so. I might just be watching um, a couple episodes. Ma- Ma- Mel, Mel. He's so no, sick. It's um, because he's Yondu, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, yeah. he could do anything. Michael bro. Rooker, Michael Rooker, bro. Jeez, his he could be like a fucking a wrestler, a drug addict. A security guy wasn't he in Limitless as well? Yeah, no, his name is He's Mel. A Russian guy in, in Limitless, it. right? His name is Mel. Mm. No, yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, no, he's hard. He's a sick. sick but yeah, actor. I knew I weren't going insane because his name is Mel Mel Dixon, isn't it? Yeah, that's Mel, it. that's it, hundred percent. Yeah, that. Um, I feel like that Indiana Jones. I get it. One final farewell, but like you said, Ross, lack of Spielberg, you can feed it. It is. I, I would. The funny thing is. I would say it is good to watch in the cinema. Like, I wouldn't say... I, I did enjoy it. it. I also do think that if your villain's Mad Mickelson, you're going to get an extra star from pretty much everyone because he's always great. 100%. He was good. He was good as the top Nazi. Also, like, I did find it funny, the fact that every now and then, like, his Nazi would just start smoking and I just knew for a fact that that's just him. That is... <laughs> that's not acting. He's just he's just like, I'm bored of this scene. I'm just going to start smoking. What I want to know, notorious chain smoker. I was like, that is just him. He's not even who's got right who's got more points on the scoreboards right now, Indiana Jones or the Nazis? What's the score like five four Indiana? In what, yo, sense? yo, listen, this is gonna go no, because it, start, I'm start, just saying, start, Indiana start, Jones, start. no, I'm just saying he beefs them in every film, and I feel like, yeah, ultimately, <laughs> the film ends where he's won. But like they slightly get one over on him a few times. You see so what he tries like to do. You see what he tries to do, Jude. Oh. Tries to activate me, you know, because he knows no, I want to say something, man. <laughs> no, but you know, he knows I want to say something, man. Like, like, we're probably going too far when, when CJ is the voice of reason. When CJ is saying stop, we might have That's, to stop you, bro. Right. I'm trying to be so we media trained now, and I wanted to say something so bad. What I will say is normally, yeah, you know, the Nazis are getting the best of of the world in this thing, but. In Indiana Jones, but in this film, Phoebe Waller-Bridge as an action heroine, and her her sidekick, the nondescript Latinx boy, was he was he South American? Wherever oh, he was I from, I don't yeah, know where he's from. They were catching bodies, Morocco, so many. But that kid was like thirteen, and I'm so sure he caught like bro. three bodies. Bro. Like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge <laughs> killed like six people. Even her, even her dad. Who was he? Actually, I forgot his name. Even Tony he Jones. got bodies. Even he caught bodies. I was thinking, fucking hell. But he's the only one that caught a body and felt regret. Yeah, true. Everyone <laughs> else was just yeah, bro. That's they had like a twelve-year-old just kill someone and act like he it was condemned a, someone another... to jail. It wasn't even an accidental bro, death. Like he actually was, was left was a man full, to jail. Straight I was just murder. thinking, I was trying to think about like, I was like, that kid didn't kill anyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. He, he tied it to the thing. Really I mean, yeah. killed that guy. Yeah, because yeah, I remember watching he that. really should have taken up the scene. Like, this is... Actually, never mind, never mind, never mind. Anyway, I've... let's move on. Let's move on. You all you you thought the film was good, yeah? I would rank it 
I would give it out of 100, I'll probably give it 64. Maybe okay, 63. cool. What would you give it oh, well, out of 100? I'll give it, I'll initially give it the same, not trying to beg, but same exact score. All right, 64, cool. What would you give it, Ross? Three stars out of five. Um, but also, but one final point it also, like every Indiana Jones film for a guy who's like, he doesn't believe in magic, like, I don't believe in magic, has the, I think, funniest. <laughs> magic moment at the very end like the whole the whole final act is so insane that i was just sat there with like about four people in my theater and i was laughing my head off and everyone it's was just so staring at me like stupid. it was so, so incredible so, and i don't want to so ruin it i don't want to ruin stupid. it because i feel like you have to see it in action but, all right like, it's I, 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 so, so stupid dumb. listen bro, can i ask you a question then might be just five star to, just to lead on from this <laughs> conversation about Indiana Jones and like sequels and stuff. When do you think it's right to end kind of like a franchise? When you can no longer write a good story around it. Yep. Like as soon as the story is going to suffer, put the pen down and put the script in the shredder. Yeah, <gasps> and walk away. Unless, unless, unless you are super broke. Yeah, unless you're super broke and or owe money to people who are trying to kill you. Yeah, put the pen down and just walk away. Just let it go because you're just gonna besmirch the legacy of what you created. Apart that's from Harry Potter, though, apart from Harry Potter, but that's got like books to lean on. Is there any films that have went like past four films that are that are like franchises that are like sick? And don't say Star Trek. Yeah, I've never seen the Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is top tier action, top tier. I um, literally think. Yeah, I haven't seen many, many like sorry guys, but I haven't seen many action films that have come out that I can say are better than the Mission Impossible's that I have seen. I haven't seen the last two, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Mission, Mission Impossible might stand alone there. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't know. I actually don't know. I'm, <laughs> like, struggling. I'm trying to think. I was thinking like Rocky, but then Rocky one, two, amazing, three, mm, four, great. Rocky, five, Rocky, shit. I can't lie. Rocky is seventies and eighties gas. It's but what? No, nah, what else? No, 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 no. Rocky good, one and Rocky two, good, bro. It's Rocky got a good. He was crazy. One and two, three wasn't as good, but it wasn't super shit. Then four it, is amazing. Yeah, four is four is. Really yeah, yes, yeah. He is, and then I'll be real. We got Creed one, which was really good. And if Jonathan Majors, you know, is exonerated and found guilty, then Creed 3 is maybe quite good. Everyone's muted. Okay, I'll stop talking. Creed, no, Creed 3 is good. Creed 3. I, I think it's hard. Yeah, I liked it. I think you can also still say that Creed 3 is a good film and acknowledge the fact that Jonathan Majors has done terrible things. What I will say, guys, is we are flowing yeah. so close to the sun today. No, because we no, are, no, 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 Kevin Spacey is a bad person. It's one of my favorite. And yeah, you know what? It's, it's, it's really bad because when you deep what the film's about and what he was doing in his personal life, it's really creepy. But American Beauty is still one of my favorite films. But Kevin Spacey is a terrible man. It's true. It's factual. I was going to ask if we are going, I want all of you three to give me a film. Give me like a thriller, drama, 
DJ, watch um, Enter the Void by Gaspar Noe. Enter the Void. Yeah. Okay, cool. You have to, yeah, like, yeah, because I've suggested this to so many people and only a few have got back to you or whatever they do. How about this? How about this? We'll start, no we'll start a weekly film club, yeah? Yes. Every week we have to watch one film that's suggested by someone. So this week we'll start with Enter the Void. Yeah, I'm gonna and we'll all that. come back it. and we'll and, we, and, we, and you know what? We we should challenge the viewers as well to watch it. Yes. Yeah, and then also if you like or dislike the film, tweet us, give us your thoughts. Yes, and we'll we have read to them out on here. How about Fuck that? Elon. We can keep you, that in. We should have other social media loading, but I can't get oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so gassed. Enter the enter the word. Look, bro, I got into this film, yeah. This is like when I was well, actually, I was still expelled from school when this dropped, yeah? But I was in my bag where I'm like, oh, I want to watch something mysterious and different. And Enter the Void dropped. And I remember I just saw the poster for probably about seven, eight months. Remember them times? If you couldn't find, like, a torrent for a film or if the person with the DVD collection in a barbershop <laughs> you see what I did there? I'm not trying to... I saw you did know, that. Know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the person with the DVDs, if they didn't have it, then you're screwed. And international film, very hard to come by. So probably watched this like in 2010. And I think to this day, it's probably the trippiest film that I've seen. Aside from Waking Life, actually. But that's well, another don't don't, don't another tell day. us too much about it because we're all going to go watch it. Yeah, I'm not going to say a word. Discuss, that's discuss right. <laughs> Shout out to Harrison Ford. One thing I will say, by the way, I just want to shine a light on. Um, obviously, this is probably going to be his last Indiana Jones. He cried when he was doing the tour because he was so emotional about doing it, and I think that is it's sad because he has been a powerhouse of an actor. He's eight years old now, but there's a little bit of beauty to it. I think there's a new Blade Runner coming, and I'm interested to know if he's going to be in that. If they're going to do the deep fake Harrison Ford again, because I love the original Blade Runner. I actually really like the Blade Runner sequel, the one with Ryan Gosling. I don't know how he's going to do in the... So I think there's a new Blade Runner prequel to the last sequel. Yeah, I think it's Blade Runner 2032 or something. It's coming soon. I don't know if they're going to de-age him again in that. If they are, I hope it looks better than it did in Indiana Jones. I hope he's not planning to just go on a deep fake tour the next decade that would be kind of shit but there is a show he's working on a show on apple tv that shrinking. i actually recently yep i got addicted to it shrinking i really like shrinking i think shrinking is really good tv and it has harrison ford as an older man like a more vulnerable man similar to some of the themes in indiana jones him dealing with his mortality and realizing that he is like essentially passed it and can't get to be this super tough macho man and also being a psychologist like it's a really good show i recommend it it's got uh jason i forgot his surname jason seagal from uh how i met your mother top tier show man like apple tv they went on a little run and i would say this is one of them i proper enjoyed this show i think i watched it all in like six days it's one of them so yeah He's also going to be Thunderbolt Ross in um, Captain America, whatever it's called now, because it was New World Order. Oh, yeah, it's bra- brave, new, brave, brave New brave World. Brave New World. Yeah. 
because he's replacing William Hurt, who died earlier this year or late last year. Yeah, RIP to that man. Yep, rest in power. It's it's uh, yeah, it's sad. It's sad, but also it's interesting to see from Harrison because he is of an age. I wonder, and this is a deeper topic to end the show on, but considering how we started, I guess it kind of rounds it full circle. When is the right time for an actor to stop? Like, is it always just on their prerogative or when uh, when they start breathing? Um, and I'm being real when I say that oh, because I agree with CJ. you can you can be an actor and you can act. You don't have to do like action films. You can do more like dramas. You can do loads of like you can do loads of stuff. Even though um, what's his name? The name escapes me, and it's gonna kill Robert De Niro. Even though yeah. he was in The Irishman, and when he was that the scene where he you know where the um he went shopping with the daughter. And he started like kicking the man and it looked like the worst mm. thing ever. That was horrible. But the rest of the film, he was amazing in. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, man, when, like, don't stop. Stop when you're it's dead. It's interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's interesting thing because in every other career path, you're kind of working towards a retirement in some form. And I think there should be a period of time when you age and if, you know, you, you're able to, you have the privilege you should retire. Like, my yeah. problem with Indiana Jones in this film was like, bro, retire. You should, you're, you're 80, you shouldn't be punching Nazis and running around the world gallivanting. Yeah. And obviously with the thing about Bruce Willis and his yeah. onset dementia and him kind of uh-huh. like forcing films yeah. to, to try and save, it's like an interesting thing that I guess we don't really talk about, like actors retiring. Like, they kind of do, like you're saying, go until they pass. And another thing that made me really sad is when they did Coming to America 2, James Earl Jones looked so aged and he's such a figure that we see as like regal and strong. Like when he died, way, kind of I'm cry. But kind of pan me to see him in that pain me, sorry, to see him in that um form. In that form, yeah. Like because you mm-hmm. you look at these people as titans, you build up mm-hmm. a bigger version of them in your head because of what you're accustomed to. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know, it's just a passing thought, isn't it? It's a deeper one. On that, though, if, on Apple TV, there's a documentary. I've not seen it yet, but I've heard rave reviews about it, and I want to get, check out. It's um, Still, which is Michael J. Fox and his kind of documentary. Oh, I've seen, um, seen that um, thing when I got off the tube, still, uh, the poster for it. Yeah, and I think that's right. kind of about his like career and how basically like he's he had to kind of do less and less and... You know, you think he's basically at the point now where he's kind of got to retire because it's at the point of just it's, it's too bad now. And you know, it's yeah, it's interesting. I, I think I think the health aspect of it should be kind of more of the focus because I think like with Bruce Willis as well, I think there's sort of a more kind of sinister story potentially behind the scenes of agents and people close to him sort of also trying to milk out those performances while he can in in exploitation. And I think, you know, so there needs to be more kind of support in the industry as well for people going through that and obviously kind of that awareness. But I'd say, you know, I think you're right in saying that obviously you can go until you drop because actually you can probably get some of your best and finest performances at that age, you know. Look at some of the like late Oscar winners, Christopher Plummer won for Beginners for I think like when he was like 72 or something like that. And that was a great performance kind of from him in that. And, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where as you get older, there's different nuances and different, I guess, approaches you can take. 
same thing as like Sita just said about the Irishman and like De Niro. So actually, you know, as long as they're healthy and in kind of the right frame of mind and it's not kind of being exploited because I guess De Niro's fucked himself a bit because he's had so many, kind of, well, he's had a really rough divorce, which is why he does something like The Irishman and then The War on Grandpa, which is like 17 on Metacritic, 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, but he needs the payday to pay for alimony. Yeah. Well, it's not only himself he's been fucking, eh? <laughs> shout, outs, shout outs to his on uh, route baby. No, that was Al Pacino. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, no I swear, both, they both. These old men out here busting nuts. Man said, bro's doing it. I'm doing it too, bro. Yeah, We're doing this to the Man said, you do first, I'll do it. I hear it, man. Yeah. I mean, actually, if they're about to come first time dads, give me Indiana Jones 6. He's got it in him. But yeah, no, honestly, I agree with all of your sentiments. Like, literally, taking a beat, a piece of all of your opinions. And I also think the one th- comment that I wanted to add is the fact that these characters also have to be a- defined and established over time, like the type of characters that they can play. So, for instance, um, I think this lady was like in her mid-60s, so this doesn't count. And I'm really bad with remembering names. But remember when we watched that um, film, that A24 film scully red rocket yeah yeah yeah. you know the old lady yeah Mm -hmm. great film the old lady who plays the like mum-in-law yeah she passed away like literally a couple weeks after that whole kind of run and stuff and i was really sad because i thought she was such a lovely lady and character like obviously you can see that she's been through a lot but she played and fulfilled this character for a super indie film that I felt was super representational for type of characters that we don't get to see on screen in that way. Like she was a proper character, a part of the film and a part of the story. And like, that's just one of many actors that fulfill roles that usually due to like typecasting or expectations, you might have like someone who's, I don't know, like late thirties, they might gray up her hair and then slap her as a character. Like, this is a 60-plus-year-old woman because they don't want, like, old women to appear in loads of different types of, of shows. So I think in a representational sense, it's good that a lot of these actors do get to fulfill themselves in so many different ways and there's more demanding roles. And um, also, this conversation, weirdly, it made me think of other roles that you could fulfill, like voice actors. Um, Kevin Conroy, um, for, mm-hmm. for example, passed away and he was a emphatic voice of Batman, the animated series, and yeah. loads of animations and games. Bro, he was the guy. I felt it when he passed away, and I don't remember any of his films or TV shows. I just remember him just and remember his, his voice, voice and what, acting, yeah. Yeah, what he'd done for, for Batman. And also, I watched a video the other day that was talking about how... Bit of a bit of a tangent, so CJ, you might get a bit angry. It's about anime, so... Japanese voice actors, for instance, the woman who does the voice acting for Goku is like mid sixties or yeah. not even mid sixties. I think late sixties, the voice actor for Frieza passed away. The voice actor for Master Roshi passed away. The voice actor for Vegeta is like late sixties. And it was basically a discussion about how 
loads of voice actors and the fact that some animes are essentially getting revamped because they might do Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z all over again to kind of converge all the timelines into one. So in that reboot, you're going to have maybe like three, four, five of the key voice actors that built up the the voices that we have come to know and love that just won't be there anymore. And even that in itself might not be the same. So they're thinking about whether they go through the revamp or if they just leave it. And I feel like for so many fans worldwide, they love the continuation. But again, it's about the health. It's about the time, the commitment. But yeah, man, like health over wealth and health over storytelling to just keep us going, I guess. I think the good thing is with all of these people, their art will live on beyond their life and they've impacted the yeah. world in that way. A shout out to Brenda Dice, who's the actor who played Lil in Red Rocket. That was her breakout role, her first major acting role. And she was one of the people who've been said to have done such a good job acting in it. And I guess people are only going to know her from that film, but I advise everyone to watch Red Rocket when they can, because it is a sick film. It's got uh, Rex, who you'd recognise from scary movies, one, two, three, I want to say. he's. I think he's been hilarious, but he shows a different side to himself in this film. Also, Uh, you might recognise him from other places if you're a sicko, but we won't spoil it for you. Okay. Right. Well, on that note, uh, we've come to the end of Played in Full. Yeah. And of course, Gene and Ross, Ross and Gene. This episode has been ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I've been the voice of reason this episode. Yeah, yeah, where does that leave us? Shiju. Well, actually, Shiju was the voice of reason until. Yeah, about, about 109. No, you like just misinterpreted what I said. The pressure pump. The pressure practice, baby. As I said, can you give me a, can you all give me a film? So, Rusk, um, do you get me Enter the Void, Rusky? No, we're going to do what. Do an entire film club so everybody's watching Enter the Void. Yes, I know, but what I'm saying is, wow. I'm gonna be at home all week. Well, we can give you that in the actual group chat, yeah, and then we can save those recommendations. Hey, You're just gonna oh, let him yeah. have that tone with you. That was crazy. He, he put the volume Jeez, up. Sorty dreads out. Anyway, anyway. these microaggressions that you're coming with, yeah, bro. a bit mad. Crazy. Have you ever watched Indiana Jones yet? <laughs> <laughs> Look he actually wrote Maybe he shouldn't watch it. Don't watch it, actually. It might send you some. Might inspire me. Yeah, inspire him. Inspire him to be cool. worse. Anyway, cool. We'll be back this time next week. Is there anything? Do we have anything in mind to watch next week? Is there anything that we feel like? Is um, I need to do what you said and just catch up with the things I'm watching. So I'm gonna just do that. I'm gonna watch. I'm not sure. I'm gonna watch. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to watch. I might bite the bullet. Actually, how shit is this Citadel? Sh- Citadel? Should we do the short straw game? No, no, don't do that. Man had just a, a shit show on load, like just right there. That yeah, I've been thinking about it because nobody's really watching it. 6.1, 3.25, 50% rotten tomatoes. All right, cool. Oh, We're doing the short show. We're doing the short show. He's getting on this now. I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Next week, we're doing it. Someone has to watch this here, though. Or should we do it now? Yo, yeah, go on. Because, yeah, go on. Because if I get it, then I'll, I've got time to watch it this week. Go All right, on. let's do it. Now, send, send, send that software tune. 
Load it up. Me. CJ, hit the alarms. But we're not going to have like a week break or something. No, nope. no, nope. load, load up, load up the software. Ready. The bag, the bag is under Ross's eyes from the, the idol. Like he's so nice. Like, yeah, they're literally, I've just got nervous. I'm Bro. not happy about this. You tough, right? I thought it was, was going to be a break. Nah. And now I'm worried it's going to have to watch the shit now. <laughs> I found it, I think. Draws, draws. Right, I've Pump already got the thing. It. I've already got it. Nice. Yes. You got it. I did. Yes! Uh, no, we're going yes! back, we're going back, we're going back, we're going back, we're going back. Uh, you know what, what we get. I'm not going back now. I'm not going back no. now. All right, cool. There was a short little interlude. I don't know what you had. <laughs> What's going to be usable, but we drew straws. I did not draw the short straw. I didn't draw the short straw. I did. I didn't draw the short <laughs> <laughs> So, you know what? CJ, I think I think I've clucked. I think I've clucked what you need to do. Cause yeah, I'm not gonna give away what I did, but I think I've clucked the, the stream. Yeah, I think I've clocked it as well. Yeah, yeah. You haven't. But also, CJ, you said you wanted something to watch, like recommendations. Yeah, I did, there you go. I, Shit, yeah. that it is. It just don't feel good losing, in it. Anyway, I want. I want to. I want to. I've never wanna, been so happy. I want to. <laughs> I want to bid everyone adieu with, with a song. If you just bear with me, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it up to you. You can't enjoy the song and not have the song ready. Now. No, no, no. I know. No, I need to put it on my on my thingy so it sounds proper because I don't want to put it from my thing. So go on, you like talk. All right. Well, that was another successful pod. Will I go to the cinema this week? Maybe, maybe not. I think I'm gonna watch Into the Spider Verse and Across the Spider Verse again and come back with some notes because. You know, why not? I need to... Me and Jude started a Mission Impossible rewatch last year and then Jude has not been wow. finishing anything recently. So, you know, what, what, I think what? I'm going to have to watch the rest of Mission Impossible by myself. Shouts out my friend Lucy. Lucy, if you're listening, I know you started the rewatch recently. We'll link up and we'll watch it. Um, other than that, So you're uh, saying that in front of me, the guy you originally... Yeah, watched. yeah, yeah. Cause that was like nine months ago. Actually, it might have been a year ago. I lived. I think I lived in a different place when we started. That. All I'm, I'm saying actually, is, I've well, moved house and I'm about to move again. Listen, <laughs> like, I'm, you don't. You don't think depression fracas is a meme? This is the title of this episode, bro. Or Indiana least... Jones, Indiana Jones, and the Dial of Depression. That's that's what we can call it. <laughs> I'm up for that. Ten out of ten. <laughs> ten, yeah. ten. I love that. Right, yeah. I'm ready. And it belongs in a museum. <laughs> I'm gonna bid you. I'm gonna bid you like I do. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, <laughs> this guy is jarring. Well, at least one good thing came from the idol. We can say that. I'm gonna watch the idol this week. I'm gonna watch the shit out. I'm gonna I watch might, the idol this week. I might watch the idol just so I can just, go, just, yeah. just so I can endure the pain. Listen, sure, popular is probably one of my favorite songs this year. So right, well on that note, uh, well, I, <laughs> I guess we'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, just being, just being played in full. Shout out Touchdown Media Group. Shout out Popcorn Fracker. Big up my great co-hosts oh, oh, oh. and friends Ross, CJ, Jude. I've been Scotty. We'll We're three weeks away days. from Barbie gang, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um.
Social Podcast Network.